Hello everyone, good afternoon. And so starting tomorrow, uh, I won't be giving talks at four o'clock at this point. You're getting more focused on your practice. I hope that you start to um, well, rely more and more on your own experience. And of course, we meet uh, every day to talk one-on-one -on -one if you do have any questions. I don't have a lot more to say. I'm giving you a lot of information and direction. And at this point, it's about refining your practice and going deeper. So I thought I'd leave you with a teaching from the Anguttara Nikaya, Book of Sixes. It just means the part of the Tipitaka that has lists of six things, but there's one list that's, I think, kind of appropriate at this point. It's called the Mahantata Sutta. Says Chahi Bikuvedami Samanagatoduku Mahantatam Natchira Seva Mahantatam Vipulatam Papunati Damusu. There are these six, these six things endowed with these six things. Biku. Uh, and someone who has become aware of the need to free themselves from the dangers of clinging. When endowed with these six qualities in no long time, they will attain to Mahantata. Mahanta. Buddhists two words, Mahanta and Vipula. Mahanta means great. Mahantata, greatness. And Vipulata means depth or profundity. A reminder that what we're doing here is, what you're all practicing is something quite special, quite noble very deep and profound. This isn't a hobby, something that you do on the side, it actually effect, affects in a very positive way your very, the very essence of who you are, purifying your habits, freeing you from some of your bad habits, and so much stress and suffering along the way. This isn't just an ordinary thing. This is something that leads to greatness, leads to a real profound sense of familiarity and understanding and wisdom about the world, about reality. So there are six qualities that you 
can take with you and keep in mind as you practice as a support for your journey on the path. The first is Aloka Bahuru. Having a lot of light, brightness, brilliance. And by brilliance, the Buddha means wisdom. But use the use of uh, the imagery of light, being full of light, gives a sense of what, how the Buddha understood wisdom. Wisdom is clarity, it's brightness, it's like turning on a light in a dark room. So the wisdom that you need is not something I can give you or you can read in books. The wisdom that you need is the clarity of understanding the experience moment to moment. It relates directly to your experience of problems, difficulties, challenges, and whether they have power over you, whether you're dependent on outcomes, dependent on situations and circumstances, whether you're under the power of the changes of life. It's about the clarity you have in the present moment. It's very much the core of what we're uh, working towards in our cultivation of mindfulness. A big part of it is breaking up reality, you know, seeing impermanence, seeing that the experiences we thought stayed with us day to day, moment, hour to hour, are really just momentary. Seeing that experiences are unpredictable. Seeing how our expectations of stability lead to stress. When things change, we're unprepared, we're unaccepting of change. This understanding, the clarity, the impermanence of reality is, uh, is free. It's a part of the depth and the greatness. Suffering, seeing the suffering involved with clinging, mostly because of impermanence. If reality was permanent, clinging to anything is pleasant, but it's not permanent. And non-self, you can't control it, you can't change this, you can't prevent things from coming or going, changing. Just seeing clearly these things, this is wisdom. This is the brilliance. You don't need to go looking for them. It's like opening your eyes, turning on a light. Aloka Number two, Yoga Bahulo, having a lot of yoga. Yoga is an interesting word. It, it, it's come to mean one thing in modern speech, but yoga means something like commitment. 
it's, um, it's described by the commentaries as referring to effort. But effort's a bit, um, can be a bit misleading. The Buddha talked a lot about effort, right? Through effort, we free ourselves from suffering. But commitment is an interesting word, and it describes the sort of effort that's important. In some ways, you don't have to push harder, you just have to not give up. If you're stubborn enough to keep trying, patient enough to stick with challenges and difficulties. It changes something about your outlook because you, we're not looking for results in the sense of, of, of fixing our problems, right? We're looking for a new perspective. We're trying to become a person who is patient, who is able to experience without reacting. So when we have pain, it's not about getting rid of the pain. Pain is a problem we have to fix all. Pain is an experience if you understand it and see it clearly. Then it's not a problem. And so the energy, the effort that you need is to not give up. You'll often find yourself giving up. Feeling like uh, you fail, sometimes you want to sit for an hour, you just can't do it. So effort, the best sort of effort is the effort that doesn't give that doesn't quit. I failed and then you try again. Sometimes failing is a very important part of succeeding. Because we can push and push and, and stress and when you give up it helps you let go and you're able to try again with a fresh perspective. But when you give up or when you give in give up the practice. You only fail if you give up. So the effort to be patient, patience and effort, really go hand in hand. Yoga means commitment. Number three, Veda Bhavano. You have to have a lot of Veda. Veda here means uh, feeling. You have to have a lot of feeling. And here the, the meaning is um, feeling for it. You have to feel feel like doing it, we would say in English. Do it with feeling, once again with feeling. You know? um, you have to put your heart into it. Many, many times in our practice, it's going. this is going to be a challenge. We can find ourselves discouraged. You probably found, especially in the at-home course, when you're practicing in daily life, you can start to, in the beginning, resent the practice, dislike having to do it, do so much walking and sitting. When you come here, it can be the same. You have pain, and so the hours that you have to do start to drag on at times. This is a reminder of the, um, the, the issue uh, in, those, in those realities, you know, that they're standing between us and the practice, because in order to succeed, you really have to get into it. You have to have chanda, 
You have to, in a sense, want to do it. It's not exactly wanting or craving, but you have to feel it. You have to feel like doing it. And so the best advice I can give you is, of course, not to force yourself, pretend that you want to do it, but to address those things that are standing in your way, the dislike, the boredom, because they are not default. They are not caused by the experience. Experiences aren't boring. Experiences aren't challenging. We react. Our reactions are the, the reality. You get become bored. And the boredom is all that's standing in the way between you and peace, you and contentment. A person sitting up on the mountain, peacefully meditating in, on a, on a mountainside can either be content or bored and the only thing that's standing between them and the peace of, of the tranquility of, of being up on a mountain all alone is the boredom and the craving for something else if they give those things up if they take those things away what you're left with is peace so a reminder that if you're not into it you have to be conscious of those hindrances that are standing in your way, that are preventing you from being okay with what you're doing. Especially when what you're doing is something so great, so helpful, so beneficial, as I think you all have seen through your practice. So that said. Number three, number four, Asantuti Bahono. And this is an interesting one. The Buddha says you have to have a lot of discontent, which I've been talking a lot about contentment. And it's an important teaching. There are two kinds of contentment. Uh, there's contentment with uh, your experiences in the sense of not, not being uh, averse to what you experience. Experiencing contentment uh, regardless of what you get, what you don't get. I mean, obvious an example is contentment with food, contentment with lodgings, contentment with clothing, and contentment with medicines, or the things that we all have to use, our requisites. Uh, contentment with the practice rather than being discontent, as I said, but being full of discontent here is, an, is the other kind of discontent in the sense of not being content with your uh, wholesome qualities. Never being content with how far you've come on the, on the path. A sign of greatness is someone who seeks to better themselves, even when they're an okay person. A sign of greatness is to focus not on your successes, but focus on, on what is yet to be done. To never, to never be content. The Buddha once admonished a group of anagamis who were content. They were thinking, oh, we've done a lot now. We've become anagami, which is a very high level of enlightenment. The Buddha said, you are not done yet. Don't be content. Don't be complacent. So it's a good reminder to us. Asantuti. Don't focus on your accomplishments. You can think of them as like a raft. And when you have a raft, you use it to cross a river or a lake or whatever. But when you get to the other side, you don't pick it up and carry it with you. 
you put it down and you, you, you continue on your way. What you gained in the practice is like a raft. It was great. It, it helped you get to where you are now. But don't carry it around with you. It just becomes a burden because it distracts you. And it makes you complacent. It slows you down. Uh, number five, Anikita Duro. Anikita Duro relates to uh, commitment. Anikita means not giving up, not putting down. But here it's it's much more, I think, in the sense of um, continuous practice, right? One of the fundamentals of mindfulness practice, if you read in the booklet, is uh, continue, continuation, uh, sorry, continuity. So that you're practicing constantly. Means don't put it down. Anikita, nikita means where you, you put it down, you take a break. It's a great thing about this this sort of technique and the, the teachings in the Satipatthana Sutta is the Buddha said when you're drinking you can practice, when you're eating you can practice, when you're urinating and defecating you can practice. And everything you do when you're speaking you can even be mindful of your lips moving hearing the sound of your own voice and feeling your voice box rattle. Though I do encourage you to not talk very much. Again, as we said, only if necessary. Try and be mindful throughout your day. Don't put it down even for a moment. It doesn't mean you have to be walking and sitting for as many hours as you can. When you take breaks, just be mindful when you're drinking, when you're eating, when you're walking, when you're sitting, even when you're lying down at night, try to do lying meditation. I think, I don't have to admonish all of you, I can see many of you, you are you're engaged in this, and this is, should be a great encouragement to you that you're fulfilling this important aspect of practice that really does help to lead to success. Anikita Duro. Don't put it down even for a moment. And number six, Kusalesu Dhammesu Uttaricha Pataiti. Make effort to reach higher and higher Kusala. To always be going to the the next step. Don't, this is, I guess, related to contentment. It means uh, going stage by stage, going from, from one wholesomeness to the next. So it relates to the others, really, not being content. Uh, working to attain higher and higher levels of so, uh, in a sense, um, trying to refine your practice. So, not being content again with with accomplishments in regards to problems you might have. So, in, when you come to be, when you first come to practice, you see your course defilements. You'll see some major issues you might have: greed, anger, delusion. As you practice, the idea here is to go further. Uh, this often takes uh, the, the form of trying to engage in new practices, 
So an example for a monk would be um, deciding to practice under a tree, like, like sleep under a tree and, and no longer sleep in a kuti, or to decide to only eat one meal. practices some monks will decide to not never lie down ever day or night these kind of things so making thinking to yourself what can I do more what more can I do and striving to attain higher and higher refinement in your practice again it relates to the others about um, working or going further this involves the the, the idea of practicing new things, which is a part of why we give you new exercises every day. It's like if you're doing weightlifting, weightlifting training you every day or every week, you write down how much weight you lifted this week and you add another 10 pounds. Every day I give you two more touching points. And this is uh, in the interest of helping you to gain greater and greater wisdom. So these are the six mahantapadhammas. They lead to greatness and they lead to profundity. Recommended by the Buddha himself, a sort of a last group parting gift to you, remind you of the sorts of things to focus on from here on in. And we'll still meet again tomorrow at the same time, one, starting at 1 p.m. So that's the Dhamma for today. Thank you. Sadhu, 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 sadhu.